Welcome to the EchoCast. This is a podcast about the Division franchise, the Division 2, news, updates, speculation, and whatever else I feel like talking about. I am Bond Diesel. I do Division things mediocrely, if that's a word. And today we're going to jump right into it. First, we'll have a state of the game recap, some Division 2 weekly news game delays and what i think about them division two community topics listener questions and some content updates if you would like to support this podcast and my other content please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast thank you to this month's supporters on patreon hassan christian darren justin tim pk and dj okay so um, save game recap. Uh, this was an interesting one. So, um, from last week, uh, they talked about how stats are changing and, um, how some of that was going to go and then said that the other two pillars of the, of the changes were going to be talked about this week. Um, this week we had Hamish, Dylander, and Bruce, uh, all people we've seen before, I believe. And they were talking about recalibration and skill power changes, uh, so the first thing they threw out that yesterday on Tuesday, um, they had a, uh, a maintenance that went out that fixed a DZ glitch that let people get into the walls of buildings. So that's good. Uh, the big thing that they talked about, the first one, was recalibration and how it's changing. Um, so basically, recalibration is going to let you uh, take a piece. So say you're out in the world and you pick up a chest that has a crit damage or a crit chance that's perfect it's it, you see the little bar it's 100% uh it's got the little orange glow to it you know that's a god roll crit chance or crit whatever whatever the stat is um you can now um take that you can extract that piece into the recalibration table basically and you're going to have a stat library where you store these things that you pick up um, and you can use them from what I can tell permanently. So anytime you have a piece of gear that you want to put that stat onto, you can, you take it from the library and put it on. Now, maybe there's some miscommunication there. Maybe I assume this is what we were going to get in some capacity, but I thought it would be like a one-time use that if you had a crit chance, you know, stat that you pulled off of a piece of gear and then you put it on something else, it was gone from the storage. Um, the, the advantage of that being that you no longer have to keep, um, you know, 15 different, you know, things in your stash that all have one stat that you bought from the clan dealer and uh, just to be able to put on weapon damage onto other builds. So it seems like they've gone even further than I expected, and you just keep it forever. Um, that's awesome. And what's interesting about that is all the people who complain about their stash, most of them are probably going to shut up. <laughs> because I have to imagine that for most people, the big reason that that um, could become a problem was because, like me, like every time that I saw on the the weekly you know reset that there was some gun or or some piece of gear that had some 
perfect rolled stat, I would go and I'd buy like 10 of them, even if it was a lower level piece of gear. So, yeah, um, I think that's awesome. I, I think that's really cool. Now, some of the other parts of this is that gear will still only have the ability to be rolled once, to have one stat rolled. So I know there's people who think that, you know, now everyone's going to have, um, you know, perfect gear and it's going to be too easy and the casuals have won again. Um, I, I'm not hearing that. There's still going to be a lot to do. If you play this game 12 hours a day, sure, you're probably going to, you might get bored eventually um, if you haven't already. But uh, for most, you know, for 99.9% .9 of the people who play, um, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And I think for the people who do play a lot, they're going to be rewarded with the potential for really, really good builds. But the people who don't play a ton will still have the opportunity to have good builds. Um, and we'll talk about more about that in a moment. Um, basically, they, they talked about how they feel the current system is overly complicated. Um, and despite the complication, the meta is still really narrow. Uh, you know, on, on in, in each slot, be it the gear or whatever, especially the gear and the talents and, and the stats, um, even though there are a lot of choices right now, um, it, it kind of reminds me of Division 1 a little bit where, yeah, there were a decent number of talents, but people only used like three of them. And uh, they, they, they think part of that is it's just hard to balance when you have so many stats and so many talents on every single piece of gear. So what they're hoping is that with this recalibration and then the changes talked about last week, that's going to reduce the talents to being on, I believe, the chest and the backpack, um, as well as changing the way that the stats work in, entirely, which I'll talk about the skill system in a moment. Um, they, they just feel like they're simplifying the system, but it will actually provide more options, more realistic options and more flexible and more personalizable metas where right now, and, and that's the thing that happened in division one as well. You didn't have to run the meta gear. You could run whatever you felt like, but if you wanted to try to be like competitive or if you especially wanted to do PVP, you had to do a thing for the most part or a very narrow set of things, which is where we're at now. And they, they feel like what they're doing is, while there may technically be fewer options, it's, you know, right now there's, there's a hundred options and, only, and people only use five of them. Well, now there might be 40 options, but people might use 20 or 30 of them. I think that's kind of where they're going. Now, let me be very clear. <laughs> Whether or not it's going to work out like that, we'll have to see. I don't know. I've got faith, but I've also been here long enough to know that things don't always go according to plan. The second part of the state of the game, they talked about the skill tier system, which I was kind of surprised that they were making this drastic of a change, um, but I'm, I'm down, I'm in. Um, I'm very curious about this. So basically what's happening is skill power is, is done, is gone, it's gone. Skill power is gone. And replacing it are skill tiers. And the way it works is if you remember last week, they showed that, you know, like every, every piece of gear, all six pieces, has a um, like a main stat and that stat is either some type of damage dealing stat or a skill tier now last week we didn't know what that meant but now we do and what that means is that um, say you want to go full electronics you know full skills and you want to have super powerful secret minds and turret and shield and heals or whatever 
before you would roll skill power on wherever you could. You would use mods to get it up as well to where you needed it. Um, where you needed it to unlock your skill mods that would then do the things, you know, give you extra uh, charges on your uh, your launcher or things like that. And then you could also still have a bunch of damage stats and talents. And uh, it was kind of the issue of people being the, the everything where they could, they could do damage, they could be tanky and they could have uh, tough skills. Well, now what you're going to have to do is you can have a max of six skill tier. Um, so you, you can build, be at skill tier six. Uh, and in order to do that, you have to have um, a, a skill tier attribute on every single piece of gear. And what that means is that every single piece of gear will, will not have a weapon damage talent. So if you want to go full skill, you're going to be sacrificing weapon damage. I think that's perfect. You know, there's been a lot of talk for a long time about this whole idea of, you know, this, the, 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 the triangle of power does not exist in division. You know, there's, you know, people should either have to go damage, go, go tanky or go skill. Um, and for most of division's history, people have figured out ways to go all three and go at them very hard. <laughs> like right now we have people who can do tons of damage and have five, six, seven hundred, um, thousand armor, which, you know, I I've tried to dabble. I really want to do some stuff and, uh, <laughs> in the skirmish mode and even in the DZs, but I just don't have the time or the patience to make a build like that. And I'm really glad that these things are changing. Um, so what's interesting is, so what that means is that skill power is dead. Skill power will no longer be a thing in division. Um, so what does that mean for everything else? So, um, what that means is say if you're skill tier one, you have one piece with skill tier on it. Uh, they showed an example, a video. This is another good spot to go look at the VOD where like, if you were like, I think a level one or two skill tier and you threw a turret, it had like these damage stats and this range and it would last for so long, whatever. But if you were like skill tier six, it was way boosted, um, to make up for the fact that you're giving up weapon damage. Um, the extra thing that they put in is the ability to overcharge. So, um, th there's going to be ways to boost your skill tier temporarily and say you're a skill tier three. Um, there's a talent where you can do a thing. I believe it's using armor kit. And for 15 seconds after you use that armor kit, you'll, you'll have an extra skill tier. So say you're a skill tier four. After you use that armor kit for 15 seconds, you'll be skill tier five. And so all your skills will ramp up for those 15 seconds. Um, and then they'll, it goes away. And then there's a 60 second delay until you can get that again. So what that means is if you're skill tier six, all six of your pieces of gear, um, have skill tiers on them. You're maxed out. You can go into an overcharge state where your stuff gets even more powerful. Um, and, uh, but again, it's temporary. Um, and they showed an example of that with the fire turret and it was kind of a funny effect because it like just goes crazy. Uh, but it was really cool. It was very good. Um, another thing they pointed out is that there's going to be builds where you're able to boost the skill tier of anyone that you're in a group with. So in theory, you could be a, a, a skill tier six, uh, like support player. Um, but then you can build, make your build in such a way that, you know, for by completing certain actions or using your build in a certain way, you can boost everyone else. So 
you know, this is all where it comes together where, you know, there's all this talk about how the new raid is going to be based on this big, um, this big gear change. I imagine there's going to be parts of the raid where someone's going to need to boost everyone's skill tier. Um, you know, so people are going to need to be very damage based and then be able to, you know, do a thing that requires, you know, someone in their group to be skill based and to go into overcharge and do all that stuff. So, um, I think this, I was really excited when they were talking about this. Um, what I suspect is that we're going to see people going full skill till uh, skill, skill tier, um, skill tier, skill tier six, um, and then have weapons that aren't really so much worried about doing damage and stuff, but more so, you know, um, kind of playing towards the strengths of the skills they're using or doing things to get their skills back faster. Um, I don't know if things like in rhythm are still going to be, uh, a thing um they haven't really talked about i don't know uh this is a question that comes up later so i won't go into detail but i'm, I'm not under the impression that guns are getting a big revamp um at least not yet so um i, I think it's gonna be interesting I, I think it's gonna be interesting to see if people do still try to do like kind of hybrid builds um something like a skill tier two or a skill tier three um and then have some weapon damage and maybe even have some armor um, I really hope that is possible. But the thing is about that is that that should be possible. But then if you do run into someone who's, who's a full glass cannon or who is a full skier, <laughs> skier, skill tier six <laughs> build, they should be able to outclass you in the way that they've built. But you know, if you out, and, and this is where skill gap and stuff comes into play with PVP. Um, in theory, someone who's a hybrid build, um, should not have a significant advantage or disadvantage to someone who's full glass cannon or full skill tier six, but it, and then it comes down to the way that these people use their builds and that's called skill gap. Everyone, you know, a lot of people in the division community seem to think that timing your heels in division one, you know, was, was skill gap. And, and maybe it was, I, I guess, but to me, none of that really ever mattered because the gear in division one was just so overpowered and people who played more than everyone else just had such an advantage. What this offers is if a hybrid person uses their skills effectively and their movement effectively and their, and their build correctly, they should still be able to knock out that glass cannon build because the glass cannon builds are going to be weak. But if that glass cannon build uses their build appropriately, they should be able to melt that hybrid. And then if that skill tier six build uses their skills correctly and doesn't try to face tank people and stays, you know, and they, and they have their gun set up appropriately and they do everything right, they should be able to kill either one of these type of builds. And then you're talking about tanks coming in potentially with shields, maybe those becoming relevant again and things like that. You're, you're just getting to a point where hopefully no matter what you try to build, if you use it well, you can dominate, but if you don't, you lose and you can't just make a build that does everything well, but we'll have to see. Um, and I really hope that this encourages things like uh, groups to do things differently as well. Right now, it kind of just makes sense to go fold everything. <laughs> so I'll be curious to see if people in groups, you know, go towards support builds and healer builds, tank builds, DPS builds, hybrid builds, and things like things like that and see how it works out. Um, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that we've gone to the full rock, paper, scissors situation between the DPS tank and skill builds. Um, but I do think we're moving 
the closest that division has ever been to that idea. Um, there were some kind of ending notes at the very end of the stream. They did talk about that um, movement is going to be addressed a little bit. It's not going to be a full revamp. I think like some people want, um, but I think that the, one of the biggest things I've had people complain about multiple times is how, if you're moving back and forth really quickly, there's an animation now that's actually supposed to be realistic where your agent leans all the, like if, if they're moving one direction and then quickly go back the other direction, they actually kind of like kneel down and put their hand on the ground to help them keep their balance. Um, the problem is, is that uh, much like the chicken dance, people have figured out how to abuse that. And unfortunately, um, it's it's kind of made some PvP situations a little squirrely. So I assume that's what they're talking about changing by um, slowing down that animation, I assume, or kind of making people be stuck in it and not being able to quickly go back and forth. Um, there's also, I, I believe there was some indication, but also on Twitter, um, Thylander was talking a bit about how when the existing gear transitions to the new system, um, the, the gear score of your gear will determine how high the potential rolls are. Um, so all your gear, it's going to get switched to switch to the new system. And if you're using a piece, that's like a 468. It just happens to fit your build perfectly. Say, um, it's potential roles in the new system will be low, will be fairly low. Um, so I'll tell you what I've basically done. I've gone and I've deleted, um, every single piece of my gear that I'm not currently using. Um, and I actually knocked myself down to two builds that I actually really use. I had like eight, but I only really use two of them. Um, I deleted everything that wasn't 500. Be um, the, here's some food for thought, though. Just keep in mind um, that there's going to be like a new world tier, or or like th there's you know level 30 gear won't be the end all be all anymore, right? So it may be a good idea to dump all of your non 500 gear, but keep this in mind. It's kind of like um, when you moved from level uh, 28 to 29, you, you know, you dumped all that 28 gear as soon as you could, because it just wasn't as good as the 29. So I, I think people probably shouldn't overthink the gear they have now and how it's going to transition. Because I assume after you play for two or three hours with this update, you, you're going to not be using any of the gear you currently have anyways. And it's all going to be trash with the exception of exotics. Um, I'm assuming the exotic system is going to continue working the way it does, which means when you level up to the new, you know, gear skill cap or a gear score cap or whatever it's going to be levels or however they're going to do it, um, you should be able to upgrade your exotics up to that level. So if you have a, I don't know, of course I can't think of any right now. Um, if you have any exotic, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, you should be able to upgrade it. So don't dump your exotics, but, the, but keep in mind that all of your named gear, your gear sets and all that stuff, all that stuff will be irrelevant probably pretty quickly. I don't know about, um, I, I don't know about like, uh, exotic gear and things like that. I mean, and they're going to be adding that stuff as well. So just, you know, keep an eye out. Um, maybe don't delete anything and just wait. <laughs> I suspect that we're probably two or three weeks away from getting this. I'm still willing to kind of bet that we may get, I think we may get um, episode three as early as the fourth, um, which I wouldn't be surprised if we get this gear update by the end of February or at least early March. But a lot of people think it's not coming until like June or July. 
I don't think that's the case, but I also have no uh, no way to prove anyone wrong. So you can just take my word for it. Um, but my, my thoughts about the state of the game, I think the recalibration system sounds a lot more efficient, a lot more user-friendly, um, a lot more worth my time. Um, and, and gosh, my stash is going to be actual gear I want to use now, hopefully, and not just a bunch of extra crap that I'm sitting on for stats. Um, the new skill tier system, I think, is way more balanced and encourages people to really dive into a build rather than trying to just be the best at everything. Um, I, I do hope, though, that there's still kind of a chance for a hybrid build and that, you know, like people who play solo a lot, including myself, will still have, you know, very good options for builds and hopefully multiple options for builds. Um, I do think that the changes will be really good for the game overall and introducing them with a new world tier, or however they're doing it is going to bring a lot of people back. I don't think people realize how much of the player population kind of, you know, that you have that carrot on the stick to get to 500 and you get to 500 and you're, you're, you know, you're, you have at least one loadout that's like really good and you can do everything. And then you kind of get bored um, and, you know, I've heard multiple people, including some really, really well-known people like Game Over Greggy, uh, Greg Miller, um, talk about, like, I want to go back and play Division 2, but until I have, you know, a new gear score or something to work on and new content to work on, I don't have any reason to. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Destiny, but Destiny does this well, where they pretty much are always moving that, that carrot a little bit further down the line. Um, now, I know that that hasn't always worked out perfectly, and people aren't always happy with it. Um, but it does seem to keep those people busy. Um, and it is, it is something that at the end of the day, it seems like mostly they look forward to. Um, I'm not assuming this is going to be perfect. And I'm sure some people are going to be upset, basically no matter what decisions they make with all of this. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm I'm really excited. And I, and I genuinely think this is the best move that they're making with the game since it came out. Um, I suspect this is a system they probably wanted when the game released. But at the end of the day, it, they probably needed another year of development to be able to do this kind of stuff. So, so yeah, the last thing I guess that's on my mind, though, is wondering, like, so this isn't coming with episode three. Is this title update eight? Because episode three is title update seven, I think. Right. I believe. Um, is is this are these gear changes coming with like year two, episode one? Um, if so, you know, is that going to be like a pay, like I've been saying for a long time, I think year two is going to be some type of paid pass or something. Um, how are we going to keep everyone from getting disconnected? Because like in division one, when they put out survival and last stand and, uh, uh, the underground, you know, people who didn't pay, didn't get any of those things. So it split the player base. Um, I think that they have to be careful with that. So I'm kind of curious to how they are going to, going to handle all this. And like I said before, especially with year two content, the sooner they start giving us information about it, the better, even if it's bad or or especially if it's good, you know, give people a reason to be excited. Okay, some Division two news recap. Um, the only thing I really saw was that Division two might be coming to the Xbox Game Pass. Um, I think that's awesome. I know there's a lot of people who are going to be naysayers about it, just like another subject I'll talk about later. Um, it's a good thing, especially for people in the Xbox ecosystem like I am, um, player population-wise, and especially with this content that's coming out. It wouldn't surprise me at all with Episode 3 if they put it on the Game Pass so Massive can try to pull a bunch of people into the game um, 
probably for a paid year too. It is again. Um, I, I think that'd be great. And um, I still think it's really important that year two gets handled much, much differently and much more transparently than year one. And it absolutely has to have better content. Um, but if they can achieve those two things, um, I think Xbox Game Pass and all this stuff would be really good for Division because at this point it's selling for pennies anyways. Um, and they're obviously just trying to get eyes on the game. But I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, uh, with other gaming news, uh, I think it was worth kind of chit chatting about, um, all the game delays that are happening and kind of my outlook on it. Um, so as most people should know by now, 2020 or the end of this year is going to bring a new console generation and it's kind of being thrown out there by people that maybe, maybe all these games are getting delayed because more than likely the final numbers on the new consoles are hitting the devs and, um, they are maybe pulling back to make sure that they can be compatible. Um, I'm wondering if the devs have learned something about the next gen systems that has made them delay these games. Um, I also think that publishers and studios have learned a lot over the last five years um, that, you know, games that have like these really cool concepts, games like Anthem, The Division, Destiny and Destiny 2, even Mass Effect Andromeda, Fallout 76, and a bunch of other games that, you know, as cool as the concepts for all of these games were, if they release too early, they aren't worth the bad press, maybe, is what they've learned. Um, while most of these games have recovered and corrected their, themselves, especially Destiny being the, the big one, but um, I would say Division as well. I know Andromeda basically got cut. They basically stopped working on it. And 76 is doing its thing, and Anthem... Supposedly they're redoing the game. We'll have to see. Um, but even like, I truly believe that if games like division, division two, destiny, destiny two, if they would have been allowed to have another year, maybe even two, um, to continue to be worked on, they probably will have released a much better state division two, even though people like to hate on it now, was the best any looter shooter game has been at release. It wasn't perfect. It had lots of issues. Um, but you can't tell me that Destiny 1, Division 1, even Destiny 2 for the whole first year of that game, uh, obviously Anthem, um, you know, even Warframe, uh, you can't tell me any of those games released better than Division 2 did. Now, Division 2's support um, and, and post-release hasn't been uh, great, but Destiny 2 being the premier example it's the best game in the genre right now to most people. Um, and it took a whole year for them to put out um, the first big update forsaken that brought people back because everything leading up to that sucked. The year one DLCs for destiny two were garbage and you can't tell me any differently. I've played them all. I think two or three times now I've leveled up. I think three different characters um, through the main story, which is terrible. And then through the DLCs, which were just completely boring as all can be. So you can't tell me that Destiny 2 wasn't rough until Forsaken. And then they've done pretty well since then, if not incredibly well. And I give Division 2 the benefit of the doubt. But we'll have to wait and see. Anyways, um, it's also worth considering that games are really jockeying for release windows right now. Um, I think a lot of publishers are scared of Cyberpunk. 
I'm, I kind of think that Cyberpunk's in a situation where it, there's no way it can be as good as people expect it to be at this point, but I still think it's going to be awesome. Um, but you definitely, I, I honestly think that there's a lot of scaredy cats out there afraid to go up against it. And to a point, I don't blame them. No one wants to release the same day as Call of Duty. Even if you think Call of Duty is a sucky, stupid game, you still probably don't want your favorite game to get released the same day. Um, and then I also wonder if there's kind of like a domino effect. I think it's, it's been interesting ever since cyberpunk said that they were delaying. Um, I feel like there's just been like a litany of other ones who have dropped off. The thing I've realized, especially from division, but from some contacts I've had with other people as well, is that, you know, the, the reason games get released is because publishers make them be released. Um, I'm under the impression that if it was up to devs, you know, they would all have, you know, rockstar gaming cycles and even rockstar has to crunch, but you know, every game would take 10 years to develop because, you know, devs always want more time and always need more, um, need more resources to put stuff in the game. So I understand why there has to be limits to development cycles, but this seemingly about three year development cycle that seems to be popular right now um just doesn't seem like it's enough at least it's not enough for the for the scale that these games are coming out at even division division two if you think about it i mean we first saw division one in 2013 i believe development began earlier than that but i suspect that that was mostly snowdrop engine development um i'm sure that they were doing both um but you know division one to division two you know was three years at best and i don't believe it was even that whole three years um and it's just these games the scope that they're going for and that people expect from them is just too much i mean it's 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 too much for three years um especially with technology it's just moving as quickly as it is now and now we have new consoles coming out that these you know game makers are all going to have to account for um, I, I really think that this it's, I'm curious to what things are going to look like, like five years from now, you have Ubisoft who had to cut their profit projections about like 40% this year, which is for a company that makes multi-billion dollars every year. Um, that's a big deal. And then the fact that they pulled back and literally, it sounds like essentially done a reset of the way their whole company works to force their games to be more unique and interesting. Um, that's a thing not many AAA developers would do. Uh, you're not going to see EA do that. You're not going to see any of these big companies do that the way that Ubisoft is. And I think that it may be a sign that Ubisoft sees something um, that the other ones don't or the, that the other ones don't want to see. And I think that, uh, that allowing these games to have another year or two, moving to four or five year um, development cycles um, may be necessary to keep people um, from revolting against these games every single time they come out. And you know what I'm afraid of is a revolt against these 30-second mid-rolls. Okay, so some community topics I scrounged the subreddit for. Uh, The first one being uh, the fake title update 8 picture. Um, If you're on the subreddit or I've seen it now on Facebook and on Twitter and I'm sure other places as well. Someone I believe on Reddit made a a fake title update eight like announcement thing that had all the panels of things that were going to come in that, in that in title update seven or eight, which is after episode three. And 
you know, I, I respect the creativity of these things. Um, but I just don't think people realize how terrible stuff like that is for the community and how what's going to happen. And, and I've, some people have already sent me screenshots personally, um, that, you know, those, a thing like that needed to have a big, you know, fake label on the front of it at like 25% transparency. <laughs> um, because I've already seen multiple examples already of people posting this picture and saying, guys, is this real? Is this a leak? And what's going to happen is that a significant number of people are going to see that and be like, oh, damn, that's going to be sweet. And then they're going to they're going to announce title update eight and it's not going to have any of those things and people are going to be livid. Um, I even saw some funny comments on somewhere it was posted on Twitter where people were like, you know, like, oh, look, it's the it's the answer to how to fix this game in one picture. Well, so the problem is, is that if, you, if you've seen this, at least from how I've read it. Um, essentially it's just saying add survival, add a bunch of stuff they're going to add anyways, or probably going to add and give us Hunter cosmetics. I mean, it's, it's nothing really that ground breaking, at least in my opinion. Um, but it's definitely some fan service. Um, but I really think things like that, this happened a few times at division one as well, where people like said that they data mined some stuff or found some things that ended up not being a thing. Um, I believe there's something like, like a central park thing that came out that people were like, Oh man, we're going to central park. And as we now know, that obviously was not going to be the case. Uh, not even close. Even I, I even, I even got caught up in it quite a bit. So I, it's just this stuff. I mean, I'm sure it was made with good intent, but man, uh, that stuff gets out and, and it, and it's kind of like that game you played in kindergarten where the teacher would whisper something to one kid and then you sat in a circle and, and each kid would go ear to ear and whisper what the teacher said. And when it gets back to the teacher, it's, it's just not the truth. It's not what she said anymore. And that's how these things work. And, and I really think it's a bummer. Um, and I think it's, you know, there's a couple things I think that get spread by community members. And I, I don't think it's always with ill intent, um, but it's things like this. It's throwing out ideas for updates that are just not going to happen, especially in like, like people with episode three, I, I've seen people in the community saying things like, well, maybe they're not telling us about some stuff that's coming in episode three. Maybe they're going to surprise us. They aren't, they, they aren't going, uh, there may be some surprises in episode three story wise and things like that. But you know, episode three is not going to have a survival mode. I've seen people saying that there's, there's people who are like, oh, just, episode three, it just doesn't sound like there's enough coming. Surely it's. They're, they're tricking us. It, episode three sounds like it's basically what episode one and two were. Um, and that shouldn't be surprising at this point. Um, I, I really think that there's people with good intentions and bad ones who, who promote things and, and say things that are, are kind of detrimental to the community. Um, while the devs and the communication with the CMs and stuff hasn't, been as good as I would have liked it to be. Um, I've also found, I think about half of the issues in this community come from people setting their own expectations and then getting mad when those expectations aren't met, even though they had no actual reason to assume that those would be met. Uh, I've seen it happen almost every few months with the division ever since the first one came out. Um, it's understandable. It's human. It's the way people are. They just get excited and they get hyped. Um, even if it's over nothing, um, and then that letdown that, you know, they have to blame someone for it. And, um, I, I just, I don't know. I think that stuff is rough. So, 
you know, if you want to share those things, if you want to, you know, put them out there, that's fine. Just please try to do something to make it very clear to people that it's just not real. Uh, another topic I saw and something I noticed myself was that they released some of the foundry raid. That's the delayed raid that's coming later this year. Uh, they released some concept art for it. Um, so it showed one of the concept art pieces are agents who are walking um, on like a railroad track to get to the foundry building, um, like a metal foundry. Uh, and then the other one is them in the foundry fighting some true, um, some true sons. Um, I, I love the concept art of this game. I think might be some of the best concept art I've ever seen for any game. Obviously people are going to make their kind of shitty comments about like, Oh, I can't, they make the game as cool as the, <laughs> you know, not many games end up being as cool as their concept art. Um, Anthem is a great example of that. Anthem has some really, really cool concept art. And that game does not live up to that one bit. Um, but this concept art, I think, is really cool. I'm I'm really curious about the Foundry raid. I think um, what was kind of a little bit of a bummer about the first raid was that there were some story elements there, but it still seems so sanitized from the rest of the story. Um, I'm really hoping this one has something to do. It's I, I'm I'm guessing that maybe the True Sons are trying to use the the Foundry to to make something or to repair something. Uh, I, I want to guess. Maybe they're going to try to get maybe some of like the armored uh, like personnel carriers or even tanks that were left behind after the disaster, maybe operational and using the foundry to do that, uh, to, to make parts and things like that, that they might need. Um, you're talking about a bunch of ex-military people. I'm sure a bunch of them were mechanics and engineers and stuff like that. Um, and I've always wondered why there isn't more like mobilized infantry and division, uh, and the division world in general. Um, I, I assume it's engine limitations, but from a story perspective as well. So yeah, so go check out the foundry raid concept art if you haven't already. Another cool thing I saw, um, was someone threw out an idea about a competitive PVE idea. And essentially they described, and they even said this, uh, something along the lines of destiny two's gambit mode. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to very basically describe what that is i've i've watched it be played i've never played it um but essentially two teams are trying to complete this super super hard pve activity at the same time and there's a mechanic where they can do a side task that allows one person from their group to go pvp against the other group um to slow them down on their progress and essentially both groups are working towards this PV activity to beat the other one to finish it first. And then they're sending over, um, you know, spies or whatever to go over and try to mess up the other team by engaging them in PVP. It's a super cool idea. I, I really love the idea. I, I don't know how you would do this with division two. <laughs> um, I know there's a bunch of destiny two fans in the, in the division uh, two development team. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is already some type of idea. Um, I, I don't know how you would work that, but man, it would be cool um, because then you would really get people involved who may not really care about PVP as much, um, but would like to do some type of team activity that's competitive. So awesome post, go check it out on the subreddit if you'd like to. Uh, the final one here I saw was there was a post in some discussion about um, as I record this, Des uh, Division 2 is currently 85% off. Um, this is kind of what I was talking about with the Xbox Game Pass. Um, you know, people who are looking to dog this game and, and basically have been before it even came out, 
um, are going to see this as a reason to dunk on them. And, and that's fine. Those people are going to do that no matter what division <laughs> it releases information wise. But I really think that as year one wraps up and we're likely looking at a paid year two, um, they're just trying to boost eyes on this game. They're, they're trying to boost players. They're trying to get some attention um, because I suspect that episode three might be a bit underwhelming in the grand scheme of things. I still think it's going to be really cool. Um, and I think it's going to be free. So these people who get this on 85% off, I think even the ultimate edition, which has a season pass, even they're, they're going to come into a game that has a lot. Um, and, and even if, even though, you know, people like myself who have been here since the first day it came out are, are starving for some content. If someone started playing this game today, they'd have a few weeks of fun, at least, you know, if they played a lot and if they only played a little bit, they'll probably be able to play till the summer. And so it's a really good deal. And people who want to talk crap about it, that's fine. You know, that's their prerogative. Let them do what they're going to do. But I, I really think that allowing people to get in so cheap and then probably making money off of that decision with year two, you know, as long as year two is good. And I will say that even though I've been a bit critical of year one, I will say that the direction that they are heading with these gear changes, if if that's the the step up that we're looking at for the whole game, um, hopefully including DLC or episodes or whatever we're getting, then it should be really good. Um, I, I really think a lot of the sentiment that people have that the reason year one was kind of lackluster is because it was free and that if year two is paid, the content will be more significant. I would say there's probably something to that. Um, we don't know that. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm hopeful thinking. Uh, maybe I'm a sucker who's probably definitely going to pay for a year two. Um, I, I, I really hope that that line of thought is correct. Okay, we got a few listener comments and questions and some content updates, and then we will wrap this baby up. First, from Twitter, I had M88 Gaming say textiles or key fragments like in TD1. So key fragments in Division 1, um, you would get, if you, had, if you got duplicate items from the, uh, from the loot box, it was an okay system, even though it was also randomized. So you could get like one piece of fragment or you could get like six or eight or something. So it was kind of a shady system in general because you had to pay for those. Um, the textiles that we're getting, you can save them up and buy specific items that you want. So I actually think that this textile system is better. Do I love the idea that they've added in a paid loot box that is randomized? No, don't like it one bit. Um, am I glad that, uh, the paid one? So, so here's the thing to keep in mind and here's a problem divisions always had their messaging isn't super clear. Um, so there's a paid loot box now that you can buy, but it can't have duplicates, but it is still randomized. So it's pulling from a pool, but in theory, if there's 20 items in the pool and you buy 20 boxes, you will get all of them guaranteed. So there's another cache, the free one, and that when you get duplicates in that, now you're going to get textiles, which are a currency. And you can save those up and there's going to be items that you can buy directly. No randomization. You, you want that hat? You can buy that hat with credits that you purchase in the game. Or some of the items, I hope most, are going to have a textile price as well. And so if you get enough duplicates, you get this textiles and you can purchase the stuff directly. Now, <laughs> so here's the problem. How 
often will the textiles like like how much will we get and how much are they going to cost and is it like equivalent to what you would have paid in cash or something like that um you know this is kind of a slippery slope unfortunately i felt like this was kind of a long time coming i really feel like division is one of the least monetized games i've seen in quite a while especially in this genre um but it's there and i think it's kind of a bummer i suspect that a lot of people who work on the game probably agree with me but uh it kind of is what it is i guess um the grinded gamer on twitter says what do you think is the worst exotic in division 2 um oh man the shotguns i guess right now i mean they're cool they look cool but they don't do any like you know shotguns in this game in general i just don't find to be very fun to play with and um yeah that i mean that's basically my answer <laughs> i'll make it pretty easy uh imperial sheep on twitter says do you think the gear rework the devs have announced will lead to similar weapon re- rework? I kind of mentioned that earlier. Um, I I hope so. Uh, I I do believe so. Um, I know there's been some chatter on Twitter I've seen between devs and players about um, stability probably getting reworked and being um, you making the games a little bit less stable. Um, right now, by the time you hit end game, every gun is basically a laser, um, and that's not very fun, especially because. Um, when you play early in the game, it's you know you really have to control recoil and I mean you have to consider your attachments for weapons and things like that. So I I hope so. I, I don't know. I'm I'm really curious. I, I'd be really curious to see um, individual weapons be kind of like gear, where you know they have kind of a range of stats i can drop so you can pick up two black market ak-47s um and one may have a little bit better stability than the other one um i i don't i don't have a problem with that i think that's cool uh i'm sure there's some people who completely disagree but i like the idea of potentially getting a god rolled gun um and we currently don't have that so i hope that they that we do in some capacity especially with the talents on guns can probably use a little bit of a rework like making in rhythm not the only third talent worth getting or holstered talent um so i hope so sheep uh on discord joe polidoro says now that we have somewhat of an idea for how builds will work what type of role do you see yourself going for what would be your ideal role if you're playing in a group so for me um, i'm definitely going to be working towards some type of damage dealing uh skill hybrid so I'm thinking like a skill tier two or three, um, and then my other three pieces have, having some type of damage um, output and not worrying very much about health and armor or however that's gonna work. Um, that's my play style, especially when I'm solo. For group play, um, I could see myself going into like a full skill tier six build, um, probably with like a turret or seekers and a um, either a healing hive, or some type of healing, maybe a drone or even the launcher. Um, in groups, I, I like to be able to do a little bit of damage, but I really like to be able to keep people up and keep up and kind of boost other people. So uh, we'll have to see. And then finally, with the unrelated uh, with of uh, with the unrelated to division questions, as always, Mick Short from Discord. <laughs> what would you tell your younger self if you had the chance, uh, and what would you tell them about their future? So that's a question I see people bring up here and there. Like, what you know, if you could go back 20 years, um, I'll tell you what, 
maybe there'd be some fundamental things I would talk about to them and say, Hey, you know, keep working out, <laughs> stop eating so much. You turd, your metabolism's about to go away. Um, but for the most part, I actually don't think I would say much. I, I would maybe say, you know, to, to enjoy the company of the people around you because not all of them will always be there. Um, I, I, I would, you know, I would try not to mess with them too much because my life is, is nice. I have, a, I have a great life. I'm extremely happy with where I'm at and I wouldn't want to throw myself off from the path um, that led me here. So yeah, probably not too much, but maybe enough to keep me out of a little bit of trouble. Uh, and then your other one was what three foods, uh, if you had the power to make disappear for good, would you never allow to return? Uh, Mick Short says that they would do Hershey's and Coke, Coca-Cola, uh, which I take, I feel like I was attacked because I'm a fat American. You stay away from my Hershey bars and pop. Um, which ones will I get rid of? I would get rid of pineapple on pizza, you heathens. I would get, let's see, what, what trolley things do I get rid of? I'd get rid of Chick-fil-A because they're pretentious, everything they sell. And I would get rid of caviar because those big, beautiful fish don't deserve to be harvested. I'm from a state that has sturgeon, which if you don't know, sturgeon are the fish that they, they get caviar from. And so they pull out these fish that are like um, one of the one of the few ancient species that are still alive. Um, and they're like huge and super old and then they just cut them open and take their eggs out <laughs> it drives me crazy um so those that's what i would do and then i and you just feed me the hate of the pineapple pizza eaters you psychopaths you know crawl out from your caves that you have to live in and and, and have the the crappy pizza drool you know falling out of your mouth because you chew with your mouth open probably you can just kiss my butt. <laughs> Thanks for the questions. If you want to ask questions, feel free to do so. I give people an opportunity on Twitter, on my Discord. You can ask on YouTube. You can email me if you want, bondieseltwitch at gmail.com, uh, wherever. Ask me questions. I'm happy to answer them. Okay, and for a couple quick content updates for episode 100, I am going to be doing a live podcast is the plan. Um, and I'm going to start a giveaway here in the next couple of days. I hope, um, that's going to go until I plan on doing a hundredth episode. That will be a division two DZ, uh, statue giveaway. So if you remember from before the game came out, uh, there was a DZ statue, which is one of the female agents who is firing a flare up in the air. And it's super cool. It actually connects sort of. Um, to the the Agent Dune or whatever the other guy's name, Johnson, I think is Agent Johnson. Um, the the two statues actually like butt up against each other and fit, um, and they're really cool. I have both. So um, what it looks like is Microsoft was selling um, Division Two DZ bundles with no game for twenty bucks on eBay. Um, it was the official Microsoft account, and so what I assume is that I believe they did a Division Two. Um, package with the Xbox one X or one S maybe, I think it was the one S. So what, I guess I never thought about this, but Microsoft probably got shipped a few thousand copies of division two and they put it in the, in the boxes for the Xboxes. What I never considered, I just assumed they would get like a bunch of sleeves with the game in it. 
um, I never considered that they would actually get uh, special editions for some reason. Um, so it looks like they did, and now it looks like they're selling off all the statues on eBay. As of the recording of this podcast, I have no idea if they're still available. Um, I know they're shipping from the United States, so I don't know if they're international. Um, I bought two, so I'm keeping one because I did not. Um, this is actually one of the items I canceled back in January when we found out we were having a baby <laughs> because I felt guilty for ordering those things. And now I got it for 20 bucks instead of hundreds. Um, so I plan on trying to put put that up for a giveaway. Uh, we'll be doing the live um, podcast and hopefully doing some like live Q&A. And then, um, and yeah, we'll have the 100th episode. It's coming up. Uh, this is episode 96, so in four weeks. Uh, hopefully we're playing some new stuff by then, right? Um, and then uh, I do plan on keeping streaming uh, Escape from Tarkov. Uh, there are some exotics I still need to get in Division 2. Uh, which I believe are the things that people should really be hunting for as well as exotic materials as well. Um, so I'll probably be start doing a little bit more division on the stream. Um, but man, I'm still having a lot of fun with Tarkov. It's, it's a fun game. It's nothing like the division. Don't let people fool you into thinking it is, but it's a good game in its own right. Actually the game it compares to, if anyone's curious, escape from Tarkov, um, in hindsight reminds me so much of Daisy standalone. It's a, very similar idea, um, except that it's instanced where Daisy is you're like permanently in the world. Something to keep in mind if you're going to get Escape from Tarkov, it is in beta, and the final plan for Escape from Tarkov is actually for it to be a Daisy like experience where it is not session based, where you spawn into the world with nothing and you loot and you shoot and you kill things and you upgrade your talents and skills and your level. Um, and you're permanently in the game. You don't get to leave and put stuff in a stash. So keep that in mind. Now, whether or not they're actually going to ever fulfill that, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah. So Tarkov, a little bit of Division 2 coming up on the channel. Obviously, when Episode 3 drops, I'll be streaming that. Absolutely. Um, I can't wait to go back to New York with everybody. And um, yeah, so that's what I have this week. Uh, if you want to support the podcast and any of my other content, please check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash the echo cast. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. It helps me get noticed. It puts me up on the charts. Uh, I am Bond Diesel on Twitch, Twitch TV slash Bond Diesel, Bond Diesel, Bond Diesel, uh, where I stream three times a week, or at least I try. I am also at Bond Diesel on Twitter, where you can catch my state of the game live tweets uh, my thoughts on things that are going on and occasionally my foot in my own mouth. Last, if you want some cool echo cast or bond diesel merch, please check out bondiesel.live slash merch. I actually just added some new merch. You can go check it out. Uh, buy it if you wish. I try to keep it cheap. I only make like a dollar or two, I think on every item. So, um, uh, promise I'm not getting rich quick on this stuff. Just, it's just there if you want it. And, uh, that's all I have. So, until next time.